Hi, my name Hi. is Turner, and I am the president of Gesher Galicia and the founder of the Nadverna State Research Group. I am joined today by Darcy Stamler, who is the treasurer of Gesher Galicia, and Alex Denisenko, who lives in Lviv, Ukraine, formerly Lvov, and during the times of Galicia, Lomborg. Alex is a good friend of ours and was thank you. And was our tour guide when a group of descendants of Nadvorna traveled from Warsaw to Ukraine and went through Lviv, Ivano Frankis, and then on to Nadvorna. He was also the tour guide of Darcy when she traveled to the area. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I remember. <laughs> Alex is someone who has deep feelings for preserving the heritage of the Jewish community that used to live in his region. Lviv is in the Ivano-Frankis Oblast in Western Ukraine, which we all know was very densely populated region with Jews during, uh, before the Holocaust. He is a researcher who has helped many people research their ancestry in Galicia, as well as being a tour guide. He is now helping Geshe Galicia make an archive, make an inventory of the records of Rabbi Moshe Kolesnik of the Temple Synagogue of Ivano Frankis. Those who attended, who have since watched the Geshe Galicia membership meeting last Sunday, heard me say that I would like to start having Geshe Galicia podcasts. I didn't think it would happen so soon, but the news has dictated our start because what we will talk about today is most urgent. Welcome, Alex, and thank you for joining Darcy and me today on such short notice. Well, thank you, no problem. <laughs> Alex, we are all nervous here outside of Ukraine following the news of the Russian buildup. We are not here to discuss the specific of the news, but rather how the person on the street in Ukraine is reacting to it. Now, Lviv is in Western Ukraine. It is thought that Eastern Ukraine is in the most danger now. Would you agree with that? And would you think that the feeling on the person on the street in Lviv is very different from, let's say, those in Kyiv or in Kyiv or in the other areas in the East? Well, I will not fully agree. <laughs> there are different people in all the areas of Ukraine. Uh, however, yes, uh, people living in the Eastern Ukraine, they are more, how to say, vulnerable to any kind of military attacks that may happen. Hopefully they will not happen, but they may happen at any time. And um, well, with the modern technology, it does not make too much of a difference. You see aviation and all kinds of modern weapons, uh, their delivery time is very short and who knows what would happen within within minutes. And um, as you probably know, there are lots of military equipment, Russian and Belarusian, deployed uh, along the whole border with Ukraine. Well, on the other hand, well, people are, there are a lot of people who are indifferent. They say, they, they think really it will not happen here. How comes? Well, they still believe that Putin is not that crazy. To start, to start war. And probably, well, I, I think he will not really start a big war. He's a, he's a proponent of um, some kind of um, 
intermediary, intermediary, some sort of um, hybrid, hybrid actions, political destabilization and uh, some, some sort of proxies like he did in Crimea and did in the Eastern Ukraine, in Donetsk and Luhansk. So I do not really think that uh, he will start um, full-scale war. On the other hand, there is uh, a lot of evidence that he's really accumulating a lot of uh, uh, army, a lot of uh, officers and soldiers and equipment along the border. You probably listen to the American news and uh, other news, and they have uh, uh, all kind of information coming from the satellites and other equipment. But uh, I, I definitely know that they are putting more and more uh, personnel and equipment along the border. Yeah. Uh, the question is, what for? Is it really for war or to really discourage Ukraine and discourage the Western countries for Ukrainian membership in the European Union and in NATO? That's something he does not want really cr crazy about it. how it could uh, threaten Russia. Who knows? <clears throat> he says that uh, uh, he's terribly, he's terribly scared of uh, expanding of NATO, and uh, uh, he says he would really uh, start some sort of uh, very tough actions if Ukraine uh, joins NATO and if NATO army appears in Ukraine, which is not actually happening. There were some, there was some assistance provided by the U.S., provided by other European and. Uh, by Canada, by UK, etc., to Ukraine, but uh, this is like low, low profile assistance. There are no major shipment of uh, uh, modern weapons to Ukraine, and the Ukraine is, uh, well, from the military perspective, it, it's a weak country. Right. Now, I remember going to school during the Cuban Missile Crisis. And I heard the president's speech, and then the next day I went to school, and like uh, mm -hmm. I didn't think much of it. But all the kids in school were talking, "Oh my God, there's going to be a war! There's going to be bombs! We got to be prepared!" and stuff like that. Do you sense any special anxiety amongst the young people in Ukraine? Hmm. Not that I know about. No. Okay. Are well, in, in Kiev. Well, today, today. I've been hiking around Lviv, and there was uh, a meeting of, of the local scouts. They've been to a cafe, I think. They had uh, some sort of a prayer, and they had, they, they had a meal, and then they moved, uh, moved away. But I didn't notice anything of uh, any, any militant or any kind of uh, war type of uh, preparations or manifestations. It was all peaceful. Had there been and, any uh, practice drills, like air raid? <laughs> Drill, you know, any practice drills or information on what you should do in Lviv in the case of an air raid siren or something like that? Nothing of that kind. Not, 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 nothing that I know about. No, they are not. They are not putting any kind of uh, um, emergency warnings or uh, any kind of um, instructions what to do in the event of uh, airstrike. Nothing of that. Nothing of that kind. Okay, now many no. of us who have friends in Israel, and you've lived in a while in Israel because you studied in Yad Vashem. Yes, yes, during uh, during one of the wars, actually. Right. 
And you know that Israelis have safe rooms in their homes for protection. Have you heard any talk of Ukrainians doing things like that to make a safe room or be prepared for something like that in case something happens? No, not that I know. Do not know. I do not know where is the nearest, uh, well, 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 in, in the house where I live, there is a cellar, of course, and one could hide in the cellar. But uh, I didn't get any instructions from government or police or whosoever. So not, nothing of that kind. On contrary, uh, government says just don't, don't make panics. And uh, they say just stay, stay quiet. Well, they, they don't, I don't think they believe that there'll be uh, high profile, well, high scale uh, warfare. They don't believe it would uh, be started. Okay, well, now, uh, are the shelves in the stores stocked as normal? Or yes, are- yes, all normal, all normal. There well, is no in the deficit. United States, we're terrible. When the pandemic started, and there was a run on antiseptic items, and you couldn't find it. People were hoarding. There's it's no absolutely, hoarding it's absolutely like calm. No deficit, no rush. Uh, situation in the in the groceries, in the uh, department stores is, is normal, and uh, people are not rushing to buy commodities. No. What is the sensitive feeling of the people uh, when they hear that other countries are removing their embassy staff it's it's ridiculous ridiculous and frightening it's ridiculous and frightening Mm -hmm. uh, because people assume that uh, uh, foreign government governments know know more about what's really happening at the border on the other hand their coverage is on the ukrainian tv uh, showing what's going on and uh, telling about uh, uh, russian and belarusian military training which is actually going on now and about closing parts of the territories along the Sea of Azov and and the Black Sea. By the way, they already opened the Sea of Azov because it was really, well, too much. And uh, however, Russian uh, government is bringing more of, uh, um, maritime, well, more ships uh, to, to, to the Black Sea, which is also frightening, but, I don't know. Is there I don't any think anger was... at the countries for doing that, or they understand. People you would think understand. I do not understand. I do not quite understand uh, why why Americans are evacuating. Well, evacuating, moving away their citizens and then their employees of the embassy. It is not quite clear to me. Uh, the situation does not seem to be that bad. <laughs> it's actually the situation is normal. There are lots, well, well a, lot uh, of, a lot of the countries are, are moving their staff to Lviv now. Do you see that? Do you see in the, yeah, in the, the New York Times. Yeah. That, 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 that Lviv is, I think, America, I think Israel and England, some other countries are moving their staff to Lviv now. They are good for Lviv right. real estate, I would imagine. Moving staff to where? From from Kiev from Kiev to Lviv, uh, embassy, staff. embassy staff. Embassy staff. Boom. I yeah. don't know. It's amazing. It makes the news here, but not in. The, yeah, we saw that today in in, uh, in I think frankly, in New York yeah. frankly, I really don't know. Yeah, I, I've heard that Americans and Canadians and uh, I think UK and some of yeah. other West European countries are 
are moving their well staff of the embassies away from Ukraine. Right. But uh, never never heard of Lviv. No, but specifically, they're moving it from Kiev to Lviv. Right, right, and that was that was we we saw that in the news today. But but Alex, just kind of to jump on what you were talking about a little earlier, um, that um, you know the the question about why these governments, the U.S. government, the U.K. government, and other Western governments are advising their citizens to get you know to to leave Ukraine. Um, I think that's probably uh, precipitated by the. The massive Russian buildup on the Ukraine borders. I mean, we have heard that there are somewhere between 100,000, 130,000 Russian troops now all surrounding Ukraine. So that would be the motivate, the impetus, if you will, for you know mm-hmm. these governments to say, you know what, it's time to get out of Ukraine. So um, and Possible. then also too. Yeah. Well, and also, too, um, there's there is some analysis in the news that we've read here in the United States that that number of troops, uh, Russian troops, you know, upwards of 100,000, 130,000 is significantly greater than what would be required if you were simply, um, you know, performing war games and war exercises. So that I I think that massive troop buildup is what has. you know, led to these governments saying, you know what, uh, you you Western country citizens, it's time to leave Ukraine. So that that is the the reason. This this look this looks quite discouraging, of course, because so so far there there, there are no any well, there are no any hostile actions, any direct hostile actions uh, towards Ukraine. Right. Yes, I know about this build up, and I know really know that uh, more and more Russian. Personnel is coming uh, to the to the to the border area to to the province of Voronezh and uh, Belgorod, but uh, um, similar similar exercises were happening um, a few years ago, I think. But with that uh, number of, that number of troops, yeah, I think so. Uh, they had large um, uh, they, they had large military training in Belarus a few years ago, and also it's been frightening. Um, but then they they they, they finished uh, their their training and uh, um, soldiers That's returned not back. What we hear though, we don't hear right. that this is. We hear that this is a significant. This is not a drill. Yeah. Yeah. This is not like what was before. This is new and significant. And massively Maybe. and much larger, much larger in presence, significantly yeah. larger. Yeah. I've heard I've heard the number three hundred thousand of personnel, and wow. auxiliary and auxiliary. Uh, people, not just uh, direct uh, direct military, but they also need some some sort of support, etc. A lot of uh, hospitals for with uh, blood transfusion facilities, missiles. Yeah, uh, I've heard about it. I don't know what to expect. Probably Putin is playing nerves, but I do not believe that he would start uh, full scale warfare. It is not in his interest. It is not in the interest of anyone. It will just turn uh, the whole Europe into chaos. Who needs chaos? He needs, uh, well, some some tools, and he needs some, well, extraordinary, let's say, situation to uh, to to improve to uh, to improve his uh, position. And also, as you probably know, after this whole scandal, after all these negotiations about deployment. Of Russian army 
along Ukrainian border started, the prices for gas and oil uh, have dramatically raised. So mm-hmm. money he's getting from from this oil and gas uh, revenues are, are higher than what he's spending to, to keep this uh, GIs uh, by, by, by the border. But it's just one of the explanations. And, uh, uh, and uh, on the other hand, I think Putin is, is a Meshuggener. I think um, the person who has so much power in his hands cannot be normal. He cannot uh, look critically at what he is doing. He believes that whatever he is doing, he is right. It's uh, it's uh, how to say a feature of uh, of any person with uh, uncontrollable uh, power, mm-hmm. which is like which is similar like Hitler or Stalin. The same issue because he does not have any political competition. He is uh, right. uh, really in, in full control. On the other hand, uh, I assume he has um, the instinct of uh, self-preservation and he does not want to die himself. And uh, uh, also there are lots of rhetorics on the Russian television and Russian media about fraternal Russian and Ukrainian people and that uh, they they love Ukrainians and all this kind of hypocrisy. And uh, we will never start unless we are forced to and blah, 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 a lot of uh, completely different things. And their minister of foreign affairs, whatever his name is, uh, he's always saying that we're on the, uh, on the side of peace, not on the side of war. And we'll... he, he spoke yesterday, I think, with the English, uh, uh, with the British minister of foreign affairs, a woman, and um, he, he himself recognized that this was the dialogue of a deaf man with a blind man. <laughs> anyway, situation is, is a puzzle, is a puzzle. Uh, and uh, if Putin is totally, totally nuts, we can expect whatsoever. On the other hand, um, he's, not, he's not silly, he's not stupid to, to do the things. On the other hand, if his uh, brain is uh, totally ruined and uh, he's... Uh, Meshugina, crazy man. Well, anything could be expected, unfortunately. Yeah. Darcy, you have some more questions? Um, you know, just uh, there, were, there was an analysis that I read um, maybe earlier last week or so, I can't remember, that, um, that if Zelensky has some sort of you know, if, if, if there is a moment, a point, whatever, where Zelensky has some sort of a quote unquote negotiation, if you will, um, with Putin in terms of a deal, you know, whatever mm-hmm. that is, um, that Zelensky's problem at that point becomes not just Putin, but potentially becomes sort of the nationalist um, faction within Ukraine that would... Um, fight Zelensky, you know, fight for certain concessions and certain conditions and certain, you know, uh, types, you know, what this so-called negotiation would look like. Um, And then I I, I read something so that there's potentially a nationalist threat to Zelensky, you know, with any sort of, again, negotiation uh, to to give, uh, you know, to put peace on the, you know, to, to get to create some sort of a peace uh, with Putin. And then I was reading something, maybe it was, I think it was today, and I can't remember where it came from, that this whole 
sort of nationalist issue um, that is out there is actually a false flag, that there is no real nationalist threat. And that's sort of a, 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 tr a sort of narrative, a false narrative that's being created to make it look like there's a Ukraine problem that you know is being fought against as opposed to a, a Russian problem. I just wanted to get your thoughts on that. Well, first of all, Putin treats Zelensky like a, like a, like a puppet. He does not treat him as a serious uh, politician. Uh, he's uh, how to say uh, he does not uh, he does not uh, respect him. He is very unrespectful towards mm -hmm. uh, Zelensky. Mm. Zelensky, on the other hand, uh, well, he's in difficult position and he's not perfect, but. So far, I believe he is the best president that we've ever had in this mm -hmm. country. Mm -hmm. He's uh, he's really smart and uh, he is uh, doing. How has, his, how has his popularity been during this? Would you say it's he's, quite he's quite po he remains popular? He remains popular, although the mass media is in the hands of oligarchs who are against him. He still maintains popularity, and he's uh, well, to my opinion, maybe well. He is uh, criticized uh, very sharply uh, on, on, any, on any occasion in the, in the media, on, on television and on radio, but uh, he maintains power and uh, um, he's also using some populistic uh, <laughs> things now. For example, he said that every person over 60 who gets uh, vaccinated, who is vaccinated, will get a smartphone. <laughs> Well, it's, it's ridiculous. Better give them money and let them buy whatever they like. If I need a smartphone, I go and buy it. Well, he says it's, it's, it's a great resource for people over 60 to, to get into the computer age. Mm -hmm. But all people whom I know, and most of them are over 60, they, they are already in the computer age. Mm -hmm. And uh, this, uh, this, uh, this idea with these smartphones for, for vaccination sounds ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, oh. Like Nothing. like a mere, mere populistic um, thing, you know. Well, on the other hand, he's he, he's a compared to the other guys before him. He seems to be a, a good president, and he is really moving with the reforms and uh, um, maintaining infrastructure in Ukraine. As far as military and as far as uh, military build up, it's probably not his best. Uh, well skill he is not a military man he was uh, actually an actor and uh, like um well showman, showman. but yeah. uh, he is yeah. definitely clever and uh, he got a certain team i'm not really st strong proponent of his well actually a few days ago there was i was stopped at the street by some media people and asked well, do you trust uh, present day governor I said well i don't really trust them but they're, they're the best, they're the best uh, from what we've had before. And they asked me, well, would, would, you, would you stand for the re-election, like, uh, mm, uh, like urgent uh, re-election? Uh -huh. uh, I said, no, <laughs> I just don't want this kind of thing to happen now because the situation uh -huh. is, is really bad for that. Uh, keep, keep with the guy that we have and keep with the team that we have because the international situation is, uh, is difficult. And changing um, president, changing government in this in this situation is is very silly. 
is uh, totally illogical. Well, mm. you know, Alex, that all of us here, no one loved Rabbi Kolesnik in the Ivano Frankis. The rabbi mm. does not speak English, so it's hard for us to directly contact him. So we're, but we're all worried about him and the rest of the community. And God willing, the situation will quiet down. But if not, we would love it if you could help us stay in contact with him and tell him that we love him and are thinking of him. Actually, actually, I'm planning to be there maybe next week. I'm, I'm doing this project and actually I'm uploading uh, the new, the updated, the updated uh, Excel, Excel files, Excel files to, together with the, with the segments uh, dedicated to the specific uh, towns. And uh, I, I'm planning to be in, in, in Frankivsk probably this week on, on for, for a number of reasons, uh, mostly for the archive. Okay, yeah, to... so I, I want to inform the listeners here that Gesha Galicia has retained Alex to do an inventory of the Rabbi Kolesnik's collection. He's mm -hmm. of this many it, it is being done. Uh, I wish it were quicker. Um, and uh, you see there 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 are some documents that should be researched beyond uh, the collection of Rabbi Kolesnik. There are two specific uh, collections at the archive, which are extraordinary commission of the well Soviet extraordinary commission about mm -hmm. the victims of the of the Nazis, mm -hmm. uh, which seems to be quite consistent. I hope uh, it is still there, not uh, well didn't disappear somewhere stolen or whatever uh, but and uh, and I think it should be copied from the originals oh. and uh, there, there are many uh, lists and uh, information that uh, that is of great value yes uh, well, we, we all want to see that that project to its completion Fantastic. Yeah. Do you have any final thoughts, Darcy? Oh, that's it. No, thanks, Alex. But um, yeah, no, just to know that, you know, I'm, I'm sure you know, we are all uh, nervous here in the United States about the situation <laughs> and supportive, well, supportive of our friends in Ukraine and the situation uh, to be resolved peacefully. Thank you very much. And yes, thank you yes, for joining yes. us on such short notice and give us. Well, we all hope for the best. And, and we'll uh, stay in touch I, and I, hopefully. I I believe that uh, the situation will not get into the into the level of war. There is no causa uh, pugna. There is no cause for war. Uh, Ukraine is of no threat to Russia. This is for sure. Right. And uh, uh, if if he will start this uh, any kind of uh, warfare, this will be a big big mistake. And. Yeah. Uh, He's uh, he is, he is Meshuganer, but he's not stupid. Well, I think that is the title of this podcast. Uh, Putin is a Meshuganer. <laughs> <laughs> okay, thank you, Alex. Thanks, Alex. Be well, my pleasure, my pleasure. Thank you, thank you for contacting me. I really feel great support, and uh, it's Absolutely. my privilege. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Alex. Okay. Thank you.